Hello everyone. Welcome to Agile Cast, a podcast series for Agile enthusiasts from Zebia Agile Community of Consulting and Transformation, in short known as ZACT. ZACT is a community of seasoned Agile coaches and passionate Agile enthusiasts. Agile Cast is our attempt to strengthen and enrich the community by making Agile a ZACT science. As part of this initiative, we will be picking up trending topics and pertinent questions related to the world of Agile and product development. We will be sharing our experiences here through this platform. We live by our core value of knowledge sharing, which is the only way you learn and care about your community. Apart from the podcast series, we have also been hosting webinars, meetups and publishing blogs and papers. We also proudly host our annual Agile conferences like Agile Americas and Agile NCR. My name is Anil Kadakol. I am an Agile transformation consultant and coach. In this series, I am going to talk about mental models and agility. Mental models are how we understand the world. They are deeply ingrained assumptions, generalizations that influence how we understand the world and how we take action. We cannot keep all of the details of the world in our brains. So we use models to simplify the complex into understandable and organizable chunks. Very often we are not consciously aware of our mental models or the effects they have on our behaviors. Learning a new mental model gives us a new way to see the world. In this podcast, we shall examine a few mental models and see how we can apply them in the context of different situations involving agile teams and organizations. To start with, let's look at the first principles. In 2002, when Elon Musk began his quest to send the first rocket to Mars, he ran into a major challenge at the outset. After visiting many aerospace manufacturers around the world, he discovered the cost of purchasing a rocket was astronomical. Given the high price, he began to look at the problem in a slightly different manner. What else but seeing from first principles? What is a rocket made up of? Aerospace grade aluminium alloys plus some titanium, copper, carbon fiber and others. Then he asked what is the value of those materials in the market? It turned out that the materials cost of a rocket was around 2% of the typical price. Instead of buying a finished rocket for millions of dollars, he decided to create his own company, purchase the raw materials for cheap from market and build the rockets himself. And that's how SpaceX was born. After iteratively optimizing for a few years, SpaceX had drastically cut the price of launching a rocket by nearly 10x times while still making profit. Elon Musk used first principles thinking to break the situation down to fundamentals, bypass the high prices of the industry and create a more effective solution. First principles thinking is the act of boiling a process down to the most fundamental parts that are true and then building it up from there. When using first principles, we are deliberately forced to start from scratch with bare minimum truth. Thereby, we are explicitly avoiding the potential trap of conventional wisdom, assumptions and previous norms which all could turn out to be incorrect. How can we apply first principles thinking in Agile? We will explore a few avenues in this regard. Straight away, the Agile manifesto comes to mind which includes the four values and 12 principles behind it. Then we have the Scrum values, commitment, focus, openness, respect and courage. Scrum depends on how people can effectively live these five values. Scrum is founded on empiricism and lean thinking. Empiricism states that knowledge comes from experience and making decisions based on what is observed. The pillars of empiricism are transparency, inspection and adaptation. 
Transparency is the enabling principle to build trust among Scrum team members, the stakeholders and the organization in general. The inspection can be done for the product, processes, people aspects, practices and continuous improvements. Adaptation in this context is about continuous improvement, the ability to adapt based on the results of inspection. We then have the lean thinking principles like identify value, mapping the value stream, creating flow by eliminating waste, establish pull based on the just-in-time concept and continuous improvements. Then we have the practices from Kanban like visualizing the workflow, limit work in progress, manage flow, making policies explicit, implementing feedback loops and continuous improvement. Thinking from first principle presents a new perspective in solving a problem by separating the underlying facts from any assumptions based on them. This often helps evolve a better understanding of the problem and the solution rather than force-fitting frameworks or conventional practices. Whenever we run into a problem or a challenging situation involving business stakeholders, change management or be it team behaviors, looking back from the lens of fundamental agile principles always helps us figure out a novel way to find a solution. We shall now look at the next mental model which is the second order thinking. Often when we solve a problem, we end up unintentionally creating another one that's even worse. What's the best way to figure out long-term consequences of our decisions? The answer to this is a mental model known as second order thinking. The ability to think through problems to the second, third and the nth order or what we call as second order thinking in general is a very powerful tool. Chess players do this well to think through the patterns 5-6 moves ahead or even more. First order thinking is fast and easy. It happens when we look for something that only solves the immediate problem without considering the consequences. Second order thinking is more deliberate. It is thinking in terms of interactions and time, understanding that despite our intentions, our interventions could often cause harm. For example, let's take the situation of taking stairs versus elevators. Taking elevators is easier and effective to reach the destination floor faster. Though using stairs takes longer time and involves additional effort, it is advantageous in the longer run with numerous health benefits. Many organizations take the support of Agile coaches in the transformations. During the transformation, the Agile coaches closely work with the teams and do help the teams implement an Agile structure in pursuit of enterprise agility. However, when the coaches disengage from the teams, often we have seen that the organization and teams tend to fall back to the older working habits. There are many other examples of failed transformations where only the first order thinking is employed and focus is more on doing agile, holding ceremonies, velocity improvements and output delivery rather than delivering business value and customer satisfaction. Therefore, for the agile transformations to truly stand the test of time and be sustainable in the longer run, the approach must include second order thinking. This will help build empowered teams who understand the true essence of agility and are able to live by the values and principles. The map is not the territory is the next mental model. The map is not the territory was originally a quote from Alfred Korzybski to convey the fact that we often confuse models of reality with reality itself. We use them to simplify the complexity of things that are around us. Just like all models, maps are an abstraction and reduction of the real world. Maps are a rough representation of reality but not the reality itself. Hence, even the best maps are imperfect. 
we often fail to understand this limitation. We have seen many examples where methods, models, processes and frameworks are used as though they are infallible and followed with blind faith. The principles behind them are missed and more focus is given to following the rules accurately. Several teams claim to be agile by conducting a couple of scrum ceremonies like stand-ups and retrospectives without understanding the true intent behind them. The real purpose of delivering business value and customer satisfaction often takes a backseat and it appears that correctly adopting the rules of the model are more important. It is important to not to be excessively engrossed in the maps and the theoretical models beyond a certain point. Real success is when rubber hits the road in the territory involving the teams, customers, end users, the working software and measured by business outcomes. We shall now look at Max Planck and Schaffer knowledge. Charlie Munger, the business partner of Warren Buffett, often talks about a fascinating story about Max Planck, a scientist awarded with a Nobel Prize in Physics for his work in the field of quantum mechanics. In 1918, as part of Planck's tour in Germany, he would go to wherever he was invited to and would give the same lecture over and over again. It came to a point where Planck's chauffeur told him that it must be boring giving the same lecture over and over again. Instead, Schaffer volunteered himself to give the lecture on Planck's behalf since the chauffeur had already memorized the lecture by heart. Max enjoyed the idea and actually agreed to it. That night in Munich, the chauffeur got up and gave a long lecture about quantum mechanics with Planck sitting down in the front row donning a chauffeur cap alongside a room full of distinguished academics. After that, a physics professor got up and asked a question. The chauffeur then replied saying, Never would I have thought that someone from such an advanced city as Munich would ask such a simple question. My chauffeur will answer it. The real Max Planck then had to answer the question. Charlie Munger coins this as two kinds of knowledge, real knowledge and chauffeur knowledge. The first type of knowledge is real. It can't be bought or copied. One needs to earn real knowledge. The second type of knowledge is copied. On the surface, one knows the answer but lacks the true understanding. This is a critical distinction to make as organizations eternally search for the right talent to join them in pursuit of high-performing agile teams. It is not about listing the laws, definitions and concepts from various frameworks in an accurate manner, but more importantly on having practical experience in living by the principles and applying them in various real business situations to help clients achieve better outcomes. We will now move on to Maslow's hammer. The concept known as the law of the instrument, otherwise known as the law of the hammer, Maslow's hammer is a cognitive bias that involves an over-reliance on a familiar tool. As Abraham Maslow said in 1966, I suppose it is tempting if the only tool you have is a hammer to treat everything as if it were a nail. Often we have seen many folks who treat agile like it is a process, one with ceremonies that must be adhered to strictly beliefs that cannot be questioned. The ceremonies have taken more precedence than the principles. In this case, they have fallen victim to the cognitive trap of the law of the instrument. We have seen approaches of force-fitting agile somehow without understanding the context or copying a framework which has worked well in some other organizations. If these are done without having a holistic understanding of the context and environment, it often leads to failures. The organizations may not yet be ready to embrace agile principles, the necessary organizational structures may not be in place and culture may not yet be conducive. 
the leadership buy-in could be missing or the team alignment is not there yet. Last mental model we will now look is the boiling frog metaphor. The boiling frog metaphor is based on a legend describing a frog being slowly boiled alive. The premise is simple. If a frog is suddenly put into a pot of boiling water, it will jump out and save itself from imminent death. But if the frog is put in lukewarm water with the temperature rising slowly, it will not perceive any danger to itself and will be slowly heated to death. Scrum teams are supposed to work towards achieving the sprint goal in every sprint. It is a key factor to assess whether a sprint is successful or not. Of course, once in a while there will be cases when some teams will miss achieving their sprint goal. The team may not like the situation of missing the sprint goal and will do some serious retrospection to bring improvements in their way of working based on the root cause identified. They will make all attempts to never miss their sprint goal again. Or they may react differently as well. They are kind of okay about missing the sprint goal once in a while. However, if they don't see missing the sprint goal as a problem, they might miss out on some of the key learnings. In the second scenario, effectively, the team has lowered its bar and has developed a tolerance for failure. Due to the new tolerance level, the team will not feel interested enough to take actions to prevent future failures. In the absence of such corrective actions, there will be higher chances of failures in the future. When there are more failures in the future, they will lead to increased failure tolerance levels and the cycle will keep repeating. So this is a vicious negative cycle which continues until something breaks in a major way. This could well happen with other metrics also when the team unknowingly lowers its bar and develops a tolerance for failure. Living by the inspect and adapt principle is clearly missing in this situation. Finally, to summarize and conclude, we just covered a handful of mental models in the context of agility. Mental model based thinking requires training the mind. Looking through the lens of a particular model can often lead us to more clearer understanding of the problems and thereby help us in designing creative solutions or improved decision making. For the mental models to be useful, one needs to apply them in the right context at the right time which can be learned with some practice. Hope this was useful. Thanks for taking time to listen to this episode.